0: Because I can control the weather, they call me Storm. I've had enough
1: of you Serena, now. Welcome to This Week in Nerd News, your one-stop shop for all the pop culture you may have missed this week. Brought to you on the Black Nerd Problems Broadcasting Network. I'm your host, Keith Reed Cleveland.
0: I'm your host, Michael Snyder.
1: All right, folks, we had a lot of news drop this week, but not quite enough to give a deep dive to everything. And also, we will be here for two hours if we did so. So we're going to do something a little different this week and start off with a pre-speed round and then finish off with our normal lightning round. So this week, we saw cancellations that are dear to my heart, one of which was Patriot Act with Hassan Minhaj, which was canceled by Netflix after six seasons of great educational and well-researched television. And then Comedy Central went ahead and canceled Drunk History, which was six seasons of pretty much the same with a lot of alcohol involved. And then Lovecraft Country dropped this week on HBO's many, many confusing outlets and maybe my new favorite TV show. So check out our review by our own Aisha Jordan on our website, blacknerdproblems.com. And lastly, for this pre-speed round, as of this recording, DC's fandom event has not quite happened yet, so we can't quite report what happened there, but that happened on August 22nd, where we get a lot of news and recaps from things about various film and video game news from DC, and we're also DC also announced they're hosting a second fandom on September 12th that will allow you to customize which panels and showcases you want to see for yourself. That's all we know for now, but we do have some great DC news to start off the show, so let's dive straight into that. Alright, let's kick off this week with one of my favorite things to talk about, Batman. First up, Matt Reeves continues rollout for Hashtag The Batman by leaking images and news to keep fans engaged, despite the many, many coexisting Batman universes that we have right now. This week, we got a first look at the official logo for Hashtag The Batman and some artwork from Jim Lee. You can find that on his Twitter page for yourself and check out and give us what your thoughts are about using the hashtag TWINN. Secondly, we have the return of Batfleck. After announcing he was done with the cow, Ben Affleck is returning to play Batman again because as evidenced by Michael Keaton and the late Adam West, you're never really done being Batman. Vanity Fair found out that Affleck agreed to return recently after he was seen a script for the Flash film, which is now being directed by Andy Muschietti after everyone else said no. No shade intended, but that's really what happened here. It's going gone through like five directors. According to Muschietti, Affleck's a very substantial part of the emotional impact of the movie. The interaction and relationship between Barry and Affleck's Wayne will bring an emotional level that we haven't seen before. It's Barry's movie, it's Barry's story. But their characters are more related than we think. They both lost their mothers to murder, and that's one of the emotional deaths of the movie. That's where the Affleck Batman kicks in. He also went on to hint that Affleck is totally fine and capable Batman, but he needs better material to work with. Which is actually something I strongly agree with and have for a few years now. But this quote also continues to suggest that the Flash movie will pull heavily from the famous Flashpoint storyline, where the Flash goes back in time to save his mother's life, only to mess up pretty much everything in the present. Despite its attempts to leave, it looks like we're getting at least one more shot at Batfleck. Michael, how cautious are you of this return?
0: I'm thinking. I'm <laughs> thinking. I'm thinking. <laughs> I think. I think for me personally, it's just coming down to the point where I'm not as invested in any of the live-action properties that DC is producing right now, and and that's just something that like I find myself just constantly coming back to, just like. I'm not as excited when I see a new live-action DC film. And it's contrast by the fact that, like, I am always very excited to see what animated film they have, despite the track record on those films also being very uneven, especially after the Flashpoint adaptation that they did on, the, uh, on their animated side universe. So like, hearing that there's gonna be a live-action Flashpoint, I'm just sort of like, okay, mm-hmm. sure, I don't hate this, and I will watch it, because, like, I enjoy superhero media. I I grew up with the DC comic characters, the Justice League animated series is still, like, my canon, my core, it's my go-to, it's comfort food, it's what I watch when I'm, like, feeling really sad, so, like, I just, I want more of that excitement, and I feel like it's just, it's just hard to sympathize with Batman as well right now, because, like, Yes, he's, like, the gritty detective who, like, does things with, like, his resilience and personal resolve. And then he's also, like, a billionaire. And I used to used to dislike when people sort of like, why doesn't he fix Gotham's infrastructure? <laughs> and then sort of like, but why doesn't he fix Gotham's infrastructure? And I know it's because of comic book logic and all that stuff. But, like, I'm just at the point where it's just like, do I really want to sympathize with the, the billionaire industrios who dresses up as a bat? Or do I wanna be, be more invested in the you know, the illegal immigrant who's now a journalist fighting evil corrupt corporations? Which is to say, give me more Superman media, please. Um Just constantly and always. Just give me just give me good Superman media.
1: I'm glad you said good, because that's a very important thing to add there. My issue was never with Ben Affleck playing Batman. To be totally honest, I think he's an amazing Bruce Wayne, which is, to be fair, one of the easier things to cast when it comes to this role. And his Batman, as him being Batman, was not even the bad part. The bad part was what he was given to work with and the writing and so many things that he's done in the role. My personal opinion, completely go against what that character stands for and does on so many levels, which is very frustrating. So I'm curious to see what happens when we get someone else in the driver's seat to give him material to actually, like, be the Batman of have always wanted to see. I've always wanted to see a live-action adaptation of Batman being the detective and being that mentor that we see him be with the Robins and all the sidekicks he's always had and stuff, which I could see him being a Barry in this case. This is going to be an interesting rollout, see how everything shakes out. But before we move on, I want to know what your thoughts are about the new logo for the hashtag the Batman, which is what I will always call this film from now on.
0: I I did want to talk about that one just a little bit more because that one I'm 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 a little more excited about largely because like the logo looks really good, <laughs> and like it 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 captures a sort of like so like Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy is very much like the the prototypical for a lot of the modern modern superhero DC films I should say that we have got in a lot of ways. Well, like it is very much like grounded in, like like a realistic grit-type thing, which is, like, all of this is plausible if you can imagine someone would invest that much money into doing something so ridiculously silly, and the cops would just let him do... You know what? Scratch that last part. The cops would probably let Bruce Wayne do whatever the fuck he wants. You don't cuss here. I'm sorry. But uh, with the new hashtag, the Batman logo, there is a grit to it, but the way that the colors work, the way that Jim Lee's artwork works like it feels like it's pushing a little bit more to the like comic booky things where it feels just a little bit more intimate like just enough where it's just like maybe this won't be the exact same grit dark gritty reboot that the other movies have tried to be and maybe this can be a little more like the the like 1980s batman things where there's like just a little bit of camp and like I enjoy watching Robert Pattinson just interact with the world, so like I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious. I'm more cautiously optimistic about that than anything else right now.
1: I'm hoping for a little more camp too, but I'm actually more interested in seeing their play on the villains, which could be where a lot of that camp comes in, because to me that's always been the most compelling thing about Batman is that he's a great background character in the sense that when it's not about him he can be a great vehicle to learn more about the people who are around him and i think this universe could be a way to capitalize on when they cast people like colin farrell to play like random characters stuff like that right but we'll see how
0: that goes just to the capstone this out there was a clip that ign released about superman and the man of tomorrow which is their animated version where darren chris is voicing the character so like if you're asking me what I'm most excited about right now, it is Darren Chris playing Superman. And I just, I want that on the record. I want that solidified somewhere in the digital archives. Cool? Cool.
1: Cool. It, well, that will be right back.
0: This next segment is a story that's a couple weeks in the making, but I really need to talk about Fall Guys because these little beans are beginning to haunt my dreams, and there's just a lot to learn about what has been unfolding in the gaming side of Twitter. So for the uninitiated, Fall Guys is a 60-person Battle Royale-style game where you compete against other players trying to get the coveted crown, trying to be the last bean standing. But unlike other battle royales that have sort of dominated the market for like the last couple years, there's no shooting here. It's just various Mario Party-esque shenanigans where you do things like run through a series of gates that go up and down at random intervals, throw your bean body against the door and hope it crumbles, a la Takashi's Castle, an old Japanese game show. Or you gather eggs EGGS into a basket competing against two other teams trying to put EGGS into a basket. Uh, you play Rocket League, except instead of cars, you're a bean. Uh, You're chasing tails, and I mean that literally, where you have a tail, and you try to grab other players' tails. And then you run in, like, a whole bunch of different obstacle courses, and all you have are the abilities to jump, dive, and grab as you move your little bean body with its tiny legs and tiny arms around all of these colorful, candy-esque maps. And you're giving me weird looks, Keith, but, like, trust me, it's a fantastic game. Everyone's loved it since the game released on August 5th on both the PlayStation 4 and PC. And this was after like a very hyped beta where streamers were giving out keys out to the viewers and publicity culminated in the servers crashing repeatedly during the initial weekend that the game came out. But truly, the game itself got fire for being simple to play, Difficult to master and having a very chaotic good community manager who has in praise so many memes It's hard to keep track of and just for the record here fall guys has 1.1 million followers. That's so many followers um, But this community manager has been doing so much and just like in the last couple days alone And I can't believe I'm saying any of this you have the community manager leaking patch notes to Mark Hoppus of Blink-182 about inverted control support for the PlayStation 4. You got them mercilessly clowning on several popular sh- streamers. You have them inciting a massive player-based scavenger hunt to find hashtag the fallen one, which was a s- individual who received a costume a couple days ahead of everyone else out of the entire player base. And the community manager said, like, Go find them. It'd be great. And then truly, truly the most ridiculous thing that I I saw this week on their Twitter is that they goaded several companies, several corporations into bidding money to donate to a charity so that way their brand can have a skin in the game. And the last I checked, currently a bidet company is winning with a bid of $420,069.69. And nothing about this timeline makes any sense. But at least we have this game to enjoy it, even though a bidet company is about to invest nearly half a million dollars to a charity, which is, like, great. This is cool. But, like, what is the sentence I just said, Keith? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Anywho, oh. that, 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 whoever is running the social media deserves a raise. But... If you're into the game design and development side of any sort of popular games, uh, you should track down Jeff Tanton's Twitter and his thread about how Joe Wash p- pitched Fall Guys and how it evolved to the massive hit it is today and some of the insights and some of the technical difficulties. Because it sounds simple, but then you realize that getting 60 people into a game and having that function and work, it's a miracle anything exists of all. And mind you, we're still in season one of Fall Guys. So uh, Jeff Knightley is going to be talking with Mediatonic about the inevitable season two on August 27th for Gamescom. And right now Fall Guys is available on Steam for PC for $20 and is currently free for any PlayStation Plus subscribers this month. So get on that. Uh, we here at Black Nerd Problems will be streaming it next week on August 29th, so get ready to watch me just yell at my bean as he falls and falls and falls.
1: Uh, That was great. So as our listeners may or may not know, I'm still in the process of reintroducing myself to gaming, which I think will eventually culminate in me getting the PS5 and just diving in head first, but I hadn't heard of this game, despite having 1.1 million followers on Twitter and the best social media engagement apparently that have crazy half-million-dollar deals happening with bidet companies. I watched the trailer when I saw this in the production notes, and this looks like so much fun. Like, Chaotic Good is the exact way to explain this because it seems like the most innocent mess you can absolutely be involved in. Like, they're just, like, little cute characters in, like, Beans costumes just running around doing stuff. This is the kind of game you can play with entire family. Like, this is the perfect game for, like, current social distancing practices where you can, like, stuck in a house and can't do much. Like, I love this idea so far. So, yes, everyone, please... The twenty-ninth and also every Saturday night. Follow us on Twitch and watch us how we play games together and just yell at each other a bunch. It's a lot of fun.
0: Fall Guys is really an interesting case study into like a lot of different things because it, it sounds like a simple game and in principle like it's very easy to say it's sort of like you have a little ragdoll physics uh avatar and then you have them do various things, so very simple things. And then when you think about like the execution, it's sort of like, okay, we need to make sure that 60 characters are synced up correctly in the same unified environment. And that the game doesn't crash constantly trying to make various people, trying to get them to do different games with different cycles. And it's, it's really something cool to see catch fire like this. And it's something that's really exciting for, because, like, this is, this is, like, games at its finest in a lot of different ways, because it's it's an easy-to-entry thing. Like, you don't need to know how, like, shooters work. You don't need to have, like, massive amounts of, like, deck-building protocol and thought processes there just like, you just hop in, and then you will slowly get better at it. And it's exceedingly infuriating whenever you, you just fall constantly and forever. But it, it's a really fun game.
1: So what you're saying is it's kind of perfect for someone like me.
0: Yeah, I I, I have it on the PlayStation uh, 4 right now. It's been great. Uh, I haven't played in a week because the last time I did, uh, I I lost in in the final round because somebody took my tail, and I've just been salty about it ever since. But uh, when we revisit that, we're gonna get some some choice commentary as I as I yell whenever it's sort of like for glory. I shall ride historic on the Fury Road or, you, you know, some, something. It's, it's that type of game. It's that type of game.
1: All right, folks, and now we're back for our big ticket item of the week. When the world turned upside down back in March due to COVID-19, one of the biggest concerns, you know, outside of people's actual safety, health, and well-being was how the movie industry will be affected. With social distancing rules in place for the greater good, movie theaters were pretty much obsolete because no one wants to sit in a dark room with strangers laughing, screaming, and breathing all over each other right now. Well, we've had a few months for the dust to settle, and we're starting to get a glimpse of what the future might actually look like. For starters, VOD releases have reached a new level of importance, and that's even outside of Trolls World Tour making all the big bucks. Disney finally decided to cut its losses and agreed to release the live-action Mulan remake exclusively on Disney+. Plus. But, it'll cost you 30 bucks to watch it and keep as long as you have the streaming service. So once you get rid of Disney+, Plus, you no longer have that, right? In other news, Tenet, which many hope will be the saving grace and savior of the, flur- the floundering movie theater industry, is preparing for its overseas release because things are still too messed up in the United States for that to really happen. As the embargo lifted following its London premiere, reviews started to appear to be mixed at best. While many reviews appreciate the film's ambition, cinematography, and performances, it doesn't appear to be quite worth the hype for a variety of reasons, and it all seems like it's just ultimately not living up to its potential. And, forgive me if this is for me projecting my own personal beliefs onto anything, you know, I never want to do that, It doesn't seem like it's remotely worth going to the movie theater to see at this point just for health concerns and public safety and all those those things. Lastly, remember a few months back when AMC threw a temper tantrum and threatened to ban all Universal films from its theaters? Well, a few months of empty theaters and a threat of bankruptcy made them change their tune quite a bit pretty quickly as AMC and Universal made a historic deal that will absolutely change how we watch movies for years to come. And that's something I'm confident in saying. Instead of giving AMC the standard two to three months of exclusive rights to show films they've had for years up to this point, Universal will now give AMC just 17 days before their films are available for VOD release. But now AMC gets a cut of those proceeds as well, so it's kind of a win-win for both sides. But the future will look very different as you only really have to wait about two weeks to see a movie that's out in theaters in your comfort of your own living room. So see how that shakes out. And Mikael, as you said earlier, I know you have a lot of mixed slash sad thoughts about the future in this i would love to hear what you got to say
0: i just want everyone to stop pretending that we're gonna go to a movie theater anytime soon for like any reason at all out of out of the list of things that i i missed during quarantine i think i miss theaters like not at like the very top of my list but like it's definitely like in my top five and like I would go to movies alone just because, like, it's nice to go out and see something on a big screen and then, like, have a nice meal beforehand and then go sit into a nice little theater, like, a couple weeks after release so that way you're the only one there. And now it's just sort of like, I never want to go to a large crowded spot and I really wish companies would stop pretending that I would. And I think... It was either last week or last month or seven months ago at this point who who really knows uh we talked about how Demon Slayer is getting an animated film and it's still being projected for a western release in like 2021 and I'm sitting here just sort of like one just give me this movie please I want to see my boys do all of the best work two I will pay so much money for for this like if Mulan will get $30 and I need a Disney Plus subscriber like let me pay $40 for Demon Slayer in addition to my Funimation or my, my Crunchyroll account like I'll do this I will give you the money just don't make me go to a movie theater and then free, it's sort of like twenty twenty one's only like five months away. y'all I don't trust anything at all, and I hate it here. It's horrible um <laughs> i miss I miss it i miss I miss theaters I miss having that social interaction, but like you said, it's not it's not really worth it like nothing is is worth that and I'm like I'm still really excited about tenant. I'm gonna wait until I can see it on my tiny little box screen like uh, Christopher Nolan definitely did not intend but that's really the only way I feel comfortable right now because I don't I don't want to get sick and and I don't trust that that any movie theater AMC or otherwise is gonna do all of the the cleaning protocols is gonna do all the social distancing things not because like there's malintent there but just because like it's a process that's going to wear down and corners will inevitably cut somewhere. And it's just like, why chance any of that at all, at all?
1: Yeah. no, I hear you. So the way my life is set up and I love movies and going to theater as well. Like I was the kind of person where if I had time, I would just go by myself and see a movie in the middle of a theater and just, that would be my entire afternoon. I'd even might see two or three of them just because, but the way my life's been set up as of because of where I live in Chicago Theaters are either very far or they're close, but I have to pay like 30 bucks to park or like take an Uber or something like that to get to. So I've been going less and less and only going for those movies that I really, really want to see. Given how this is playing out, that might just become the norm for me when things do get normal, which I don't think will be early 2021. Like we keep saying at this point, like that's around the corner and we're nowhere near close. So maybe like mid 2021, fingers crossed, like on wood. Um, but when that time does inevitably come, become whenever it does... I think my life really is going to be like, all right, so for, like, the big Marvel movies, I'll go see those in the first couple weekends because I want to support them. But, like, the cool movies that, like, I just want to see people I support in and see, like you said, see my people do their thing, I might just wait for two weeks and watch it at my own house where I can, like, sit on my couch and, like, eat what I want and, like, pause it and go get food and all this other stuff at my own convenience and comfort, especially because it's only been two weeks and I know that's still going to be supporting the project overall. And also, like, thinking way, way, way down the line, I think this actually might be better for the film industry as a whole because this might give us a resurgence of like the mid budget film. Because as of right now, things have happened to the point where all we have are these huge budget films that cost 100 plus million dollars or these cool indie films that cost like five, 10 million dollars. We're missing out on those films that were just right in that sweet spot of costing like 20, 25 million that were like comedies or just. Wholesome stories, just really unique storytelling that had money backing them, that have kind of been phased out in a sense. And I think that if studios can now go into the mindset like, "Hey, we're not going to have the mega big budget box office success. Let's reel it back in some and make more of these mid tier movies that are going to become cultural darlings that people are going to buy and stream over and over and over again from their homes." So that's one thing I'm optimistic about. Um, and I'm also glad they at least got AMC in on this deal where they can be a part of it and they can still stay afloat because I don't want movie theaters to go away, but I also don't want to go to one anytime soon. I know that's going to hurt them. So this kind of, in my mind for now, works out best for both sides.
0: I don't, I don't know. I feel like everything's falling apart at its foundation and that who knows if we'll have entertainment as we know it in, in a couple of years, right? Because mm-hmm in addition to, like, big, big blockbuster-type theaters, right, there's also, like, small independent theaters that are probably struggling a lot right now, and, uh, like, I think about the Tivoli on the Domo Loop, and I I haven't gone to the Tivoli as frequently ever since I moved away from that area, but, like, it was one of my favorite theaters, and they would have, like, small showings of, like, Rocky Horror Picture for, like, Halloween, and they would do, like, they would get anime releases, and, like, Nice, like uh, indie darlings, like you mentioned, like uh, Colossal with Anne Hathaway, like. And I feel for those places as well, cause like they're not getting the the backing from Universal to like stay afloat. They they won't get in that beforehand. Like it's it's all it's all a mess. But it, it's really hard to say about like the the indie big budget and mid budget films because I feel like uh, Hollywood is gonna say it's sort of like. While we're investing so much money to keep everything afloat, see Jurassic World free. What's it like? Let's just keep throwing money at it and eventually return a profit and so like this is not financially sustainable or a good idea at all. Also, you're working on Jurassic World free. Clearly you understand this, right? Clearly you see the parallels. The problems you know? Okay, keep going. Keep going. Um but That's the
1: problem they don't. <sighs>
0: what what i do hope does happen though as a result here is that i do think animation's going to get a bump and i feel like we're going to see a lot more digital media and digitally created media and i think that's going to be really interesting to see how that works out
1: yeah just a quick digression one thing that i'm starting to pay more attention to is you know how, like, big world-changing events happen, and you'll, like, realize 10 years after the fact that, oh, this big change to our lives was a result of that that we didn't quite notice. I'm trying to take notes now of, like, what changes have we seen happen due to COVID that we're probably going to keep. Like, when it comes to the NBA, are we going to keep certain camera angles? Or, like, is working home going to be more sustainable? And when it comes to this, how is Hollywood and entertainment in general going to look different? Because it's going to look different, we're not going to go right back to how things used to be. There will be changes for sure. So... Perhaps some of that change comes from this, but we'll wait and see.
0: I mean, we know it's going to come. We just we yeah. just do. We just do. We're already there. <laughs> just it's it's exhausting constantly and forever. But on happier notes, uh, we come to the end and we have a nice little lightning round with even more news that we wanted to make sure is out there in the universe, but not really have enough information to go into a deep deep dive. So, here we go. Deadline reported that Daniel Dae Kim and Randall Park are going to co-lead in a new Asian-American-led heist film for Amazon Studios, and you know if there was just any more information about that, even a little, I would have been talking about it for the entire length of the episode. But until then, I would just like to put out into the universe, please put Vincent Rodriguez III and Darren Chris on that call list, please and thank you. If you're a big fan of big data, you should probably be aware of that the K-pop group BTS released a new single on YouTube, Dynamite, uh, this week, and it broke the record for the most views in 24 hours, Variety reports that it got 98.3 million views before the clock stopped, and, you know, because we love numbers here, that's roughly 4 million views every hour, or 68,000 views every minute, or 1132nd 1, views a second, you know, because math and just so we don't leave any marvel fans out of news this week heat vision had an exclusive that announced that william Jackson harper chidi from the good place is narrating rating a new podcast black panther sins of the king written by tanana reevedew stephen barnes jeffrey fawn moheo and led by ira madison the third that's very exciting mm. from the writing list to the voice and thing there so it's great And because I didn't get to shout about it loudly enough last time it came up, Cobra Kai seasons 1 and 2 are making their way to Netflix this week. And y'all, I can't wait for you to become part of one of my favorite fandoms on August 28th, since I'm the only person I know with YouTube Premium. But soon, soon the rest of the world will know the beauty that is Cobra Kai. So, if you'd like to hear our thoughts on these topics or anything else in Nerd News, feel free to tweet us at Black Nerd Problems with the hashtag TWINN. That was this week in Nerd News. Turn in next week for more pop culture. I'm your host, Mikkel Snyder.
1: And I'm your host, Keith Reed Cleveland.
0: And please, please remember to like, comment, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll catch you next week.